everybody, and welcome to That Wrestling Show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters. I am your host, Billy Yankovi, and this week, I think the theme of this episode is change, because there are a lot of changes going on in the world of professional wrestling, plus going to preview this Sunday's NXT War Games... It's no longer a takeover, folks. It is NXT War Games. I'm going to go through the card and make some predictions on that and much more. So, uh, why don't I begin talking about these changes that have happened this week in the world of wrestling. And the first one I want to talk about is one that kind of hits close to home. Uh... A a blog last night was posted by Dan McDevitt, who is the owner of MCW Maryland Championship Wrestling. And I'd like to read what he wrote for those that have not heard. Um, And uh, thank you to Brian for posting this on our Facebook group, because we do have some fans on our group that are in the Maryland, you know, the Baltimore, D.C. area. So I wanted to read this. It is with mixed emotions that Dennis Whipwrecked and I announced that at the end of December 2021, there will no longer be MCW pro wrestling events at the MCW Arena in Joppa, Maryland. We were going to make this announcement at the Toys for Tots event this Saturday night, but decided to make the announcement before then. We have run almost close to 100 events at this venue since 2013 and have almost a decade of memories there there with our performers, our staff, and our fans. The shopping center there is going in a different direction and because of that it's time for us to move on and we are okay with that. We were not blindsided by this out of nowhere. We have had a heads up for a little bit and have had the chance to make some adjustments. The MCW Pro Wrestling Training Center will be moving and will continue to operate as is, but will not be in a building where we can also host events. We have an official press release on that in the next few weeks, as the new facility is going to be great for all of our trainees. We have a few facilities that we that we have been talking to. Several venues are making offers to us so that they can be the new home base for MCW Pro Wrestling. Stay tuned to all of our social media platforms after the first of the year, and we will be making those announcements. In the meantime, we are going to close this chapter of our existence out as only we can. We are adding an event to the schedule in Joppa on Thursday, December 30th, and tickets will go on sale for that event at this Saturday's Seasons Beatings Toys for Tots event. That show will be called Last Call at the MCW Arena. The reason we decided to make this announcement now is because we realize that some people may be traveling during the holidays and may not be able to attend Last Call on December 30th. If that's the case, then we want you to be able to make the decision to come out to the MCW Arena this Saturday night so that you can attend one of, if not both, of the final two events at the MCW Arena. The fans know me, they know I shoot straight, and I don't work them. We have almost a decade of memories in this building, all of us with all of you. We are going to pull out all of the stops, and we are going to have two of the best shows in our company's history this Saturday 
and December 30th. I promise you that you will regret missing either of them. Professional wrestling is all about creating moments. In these next two shows, we are going to create a lot of them. Signed, Dan McDevitt. Um, the first time that I ever went to the MCW arena was 2015. It was 2015, and it was the Shane Shamrock Cup, which is the big tournament that they do here in Maryland every year. And that night, they had Roddy Piper there, and... What we didn't know at the time was that it was Roddy Piper's final appearance at a at a wrestling show before he passed away. And uh, Brian and I, we we get to there, you know, we get to the show. The line is long for Piper. Oh my God, it was a long line, and we were able to you know, get our pictures taken with him, and that's a memory that I have for the rest of my life. And this was the first MCW show, because everyone, you know, knew that I was a wrestling fan, but they'd always ask, had you ever been to an MCW show? Have you ever been to the Shamrock? And I never had, so, you know, I kind of got two birds with one stone on this. And then eventually, uh, I went with, a, you know, to a few more. Uh, Evolve had a show there, a couple of different MCW shows, and then they had the Tribute to the Legends event. And uh, I was very proud to say that uh, we were a part, the show was a part of the convention every year for, I want to say, four years running before the pandemic really began. And, you know, everyone there was really nice. Um Got to you know, got to meet different legends, Magnum TA, the Fink, uh, Manny Ramirez, Scott Hall, so many. And yes, uh, it, it, when when I read it, it it did say shopping center, and I do want to explain this because it's kind of funny in, in, in a way. Be um, because next to where they were running the show was. A flea market. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It was a flea market. And like you had to like if you had to use the bathroom, if you had to use the bathroom, you had to walk through the the Amish, you know, flea market, whatever you want to call it, and you, you know, go to the bathroom there, and that's and you saw all these different shops that were closed. And when we did the conventions, there were a couple times where me and a, and a group of other people, you know, we'd sneak out for a little bit and we'd take a look at the stuff that they were selling. And it was kind of good stuff there. Um, but the wrestlers that were there in that time, um, Leo Rush is the first one that comes to my mind. That was the night that he became a name in professional wrestling was at the Shamrock Cup in 2015 because, you know, unless you really knew him, not a lot of us knew of Leo Rush. But by the end of the night, when he won the Shamrock Cup, he became a household name and he ended up 
you know, to bigger and better things. Uh, Velveteen Dream is another one. And then you go into like Ring of Honor, Brian Johnson, Joe Keys, um, Moses and Khan from Shane Taylor Promotions. There's so many people. MJF wrestled there for a little while. Greg Excellent. Uh, I'm, you know, naming as many people as I can off the top of my head. Um, it was a very unique building. It, it's one of those buildings that is kind of like the ECW arena where you had to be there to describe what the building is like. And, and don't and don't get me wrong, I'm not comparing the MCW arena to the ECW arena. That's two separate places. But with the MCW arena, you know, you had all these posters, several hundred seats. You had the flea market there. And it was just all around good family, you know, environment. And I never, not one time did I ever feel like... I was in an unsafe place, never felt that way, and there were times, and, and you guys may have heard it in the past, where we, you know, recorded bits and pieces for the show, either at the convention or in Brian's car on the way home, so that, that that's kind of the good memories that I have of the MCW arena, so, um... It's going to be interesting to see where they go. It's kind of an institution up there in Joppa. It's outside of Baltimore, but uh, yeah, it, it is an end of an era for sure for MCW. And I don't talk about MCW that much because it is a local promotion. But every once in a while, you get something like this. You gotta, you gotta talk about it. Gotta report on it. Big news coming out from MCW. Well, speaking of changes as well. Rob Feinstein posted something yesterday. Good God almighty, Rob Feinstein. But I do have to talk about this, and this is kind of important in a way, and I'll give my personal thoughts in a moment, but this is what Rob wrote on Facebook yesterday on a completely different topic. The end of an era is here. In 29 days, RF Video will be shutting down our website and no longer selling DVDs. Is it the end of RF video? Gimme a hell no! We will be doing something very special as everything will be going to our new website. Everything for the most part that is on RF video now will be put on the new site for VOD, Video On Demand. Let's face it, DVDs are a thing of the past and for us it is no longer worth it as we have moved on to bigger and better things for the company. We will still be doing shoot interviews and filming and producing new content from your favorite indie shows and our collection will continue to grow, but you will not be able to buy in on DVD. So now is the time, guys, to buy any DVDs you might want to get from rfvideo.com because after this month, we are shutting it down. I want to thank everyone that bought DVDs and VHS tapes from the 90s until now. We were the first company and I am sure we will be the last but now everything is digital and it's time for us to make that transition too. Thanks and have a nice day. Bang, bang! Wait, did I just say that? Okay, so basically RF video is going video on demand, streaming service pretty much, that's how I take it. 
kind of surprised it took those guys that long to do this, to be perfectly honest. They're very, very surprised. Um, he was at those conventions that I talked about uh, just a little while ago. Every freaking time did those conventions at Joppa, right next to us was RF video. Every freaking time. And don't get me wrong, there was some cool stuff they had. They had an autographed Onita barbed wire bed. They had some really cool posters. They had replica belts. But to be honest, I kind of felt creeped out being next to Rob Feinstein because of, you know, the allegations many, many years ago that he was into underage boys and all that. And he almost killed Ring of Honor, if you think about it. Um, This isn't groundbreaking news as far as I'm concerned. I just think of it as this is just news. Um, I know of people in the past who have ordered from RF Video and they've ended up getting like the wrong show, the wrong DVDs. And I and, and I want to say this, and I'm and I'm not bashing Rob because I've talked to the guy, you know, a couple times. He seems he seems like an okay person. I think he just thinks too highly of himself. That That's kind of the vibe that I took, is that he thinks very highly of himself. And that could be kind of an issue in wrestling, because if you think too highly of yourself, then forget about it. You're going to lose a lot of people. Um, but you know what? I mean, high spots has had a streaming service for many years. Um, Independent Wrestling TV, you know, they've been going very strong for many years now. It's just, in a way, kind of surprising that RF Video is just now getting into this. And it's going to take a lot of work. Believe Like, I've seen their site in the past, and they have so much content. It is going to take a lot of work to get all those DVDs up onto a streaming service. So, um, if you're interested, I'm sure they'll put some details up as far as when their video on demand service is going to begin. But as far as I'm concerned, I really don't care. But I do know that there are people who, you know, buy from RF Video, get their stuff from there. Um, so, it, you know, good luck to them. Maybe things will go good for them. Just remains to be seen, I guess is the best way to put it. Alright, time to get into New Japan Pro Wrestling. I want to talk about uh, the, both tournaments, and then I want to talk about the news that came out this week from Japan. And I will start with the World Tag League. Uh, they only had one show this week. So, like I said, not a lot of change from, you know, last week, the way I uh, talked about it. Um, here's the standings for the World Tag League. Right now, Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi are in first place with 12 points. 
Then we have a four-way tie for second. Naido and Sonata, Goto and Yoshihashi, Great Okan and Hanare, and Fale and Chase Owens are all at 10 points. Very interesting that Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens are doing this good. Uh, Tanahashi and Yano, Evil and Takahashi, and the Gorillas of Destiny are each at 8. And then you get towards the bottom, Kojima and Tenzan are at 4. Nagata and Tiger Mask, along with Hanma and Makabe, are at 2 points. And Suzuki and Michinoku are at the bottom of the standings. They have not earned a single point yet. Now, as far as this week goes, there is more action. Uh, it starts off this Saturday. They will have uh, action there. That is going to be at 4.30 a.m. Eastern. Then they will uh, have a couple days off, then be back in action on Tuesday. Again, a 4.30 a.m. start. And then they will have one on Thursday, December 9th, with a 5 a.m. Eastern time, which by that point, we're going to be very close to the end of the round robin stage and we'll see who makes a move towards getting to the finals which is only a couple of weeks away now with the best of the super juniors uh here are their current update standings show is in first place he is at 12 points then we have a two-way tie for second el desperado and hiromu takahashi each at nine points then we have uh, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, Taiji Ishimori, Ryosuke Taguchi, Bushi, Robbie Eagles, El Phantasmo, and Yo, who started out losing four in a row. They are all at eight points. Master Wado at six, and Duki at the bottom with four points, but not quite out of contention yet. Now, for the juniors uh, this week, they have action this Sunday with a 1 a.m. Eastern start time. And then they have another one on Wednesday again with a 1 a.m. start time with one show to go next week. And by then we will probably figure out who is in contention for the best of the Super Juniors tournament. Now, like I said... Uh, there is some news with New Japan Pro Wrestling, and it does concern actually the country of Japan because, uh, as we all know by now, we have the Omicron variant of COVID-19, and Japan announced this week that they are closing its borders. The announcement was made on Tuesday that travelers could not come to the country, but it's a little different than the way it sounds and, I, and i'll read a little bit from Meltzer's writing in the newest edition of the observer newsletter this will have some effect on the pro wrestling business basically wrestlers who have already obtained working visas will be able to return and it's been confirmed that will osprey would be working the tokyo dome in the main event on january the 5th against the winner of shingo and okada from the night before there was a one-day period where New Japan officials were trying to get clearance for this, and there was no answer regarding those leaving the country or those not in the country. Those who have been in Japan over the past year, 
like the Gorillas of Destiny, Jeff Cobb, Aaron Hanare, Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens, Kenta, and Kevin Kelly, who will be staying in Japan from January through March and is the English or does the broadcasts in English. Uh, will all be allowed to come to Japan or, in some cases, stay in Japan. When arriving from a foreign country, there is still a 14-day quarantine before they can wrestle or appear at a show. New Japan President Takami Obari said that he confirmed with the Ministry of Foreign Affairs that those with working visas would be able to fly in, although they will have to quarantine upon arrival, which means they would have to leave two weeks before their first match. Because of that, a lot of people now stay in Japan much longer and don't leave in between tours as they would have in the past. The travel ban relates to tourists, students, and people coming in for business reasons who don't have visas. It's also become pretty much impossible to get visas, so New Japan and other groups have not been able to bring in new foreign talent. So, basically, if you have a working visa, you're allowed to go to Japan. Plain and simple. It doesn't matter if it's pro wrestling, if you're working like business, stock market, whatever. As long as you have a working visa, you're allowed to go in Japan. And of course you have to quarantine for two weeks. And it's kind of interesting because Will Ospreay, uh, he's been in the U.S. for a while. Same with Jay White. Uh, Jeff Cobb was over in the U.S. He was in Mexico just recently for CMLL. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. Um, so... They're going to be cutting it very close, and the way the cards are going to look for Wrestle Kingdom is going to be very, very interesting, because who knows if there are going to be some big names that are going to be missing out on either night. I mean, Jay White is a perfect example. Is he going to be able to come? Uh, Ishii, you know, is he going to be able to make it back in time? I, I mean, there, there's some talent that could miss that could miss Wrestle Kingdom because of the closure of the Japanese border because of this new COVID variant. All right, uh, going back to the theme of change, Beth Phoenix announced this week that she is leaving NXT after this Sunday night's War Games event. Uh, Beth took to social media yesterday and released the following statement on Twitter, which I would like to read at this time. Ahead of War Games, I wanted to share that this Sunday will be my final night in NXT. While I will remain a part of WWE, I have made the choice to step away from the weekly broadcast booth to spend more time with my family. This was not an easy decision, as I have loved my 3 plus years and 135 episodes with NXT, and am incredibly proud of the brand will forever be grateful to Vic Joseph, Wade Barrett, Nigel McGuinness, Tom Phillips, Mauro Ranallo, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Michael Cole, and my entire NXT family both in and out of the ring for the amazing opportunity. NXT will always be a part of me and Auntie Betty will always be a part of NXT. 
leave the porch light on for me. Um, you know, Beth was a good announcer. I mean, she wasn't the greatest, but she did add a little something to the commentary for NXT, and definitely from a women's perspective, made it a little bit, you know, a little bit better. So it's kind of a blow for for NXT, but I think they will be able to fill the gap with a third person if they decide to stick with three people. Remains to be seen um, how that will be done. So we'll have to wait and see if, you know, come Tuesday night we get a new third person or if it's just Vic and Wade Barrett for the time being. Um, WWE news, they had to, unfortunately for you Canadian fans, they had to cancel their upcoming Canadian events uh, that were going to take place in January. And this is news that came yesterday. Um, I'm going to read a statement from WWE, and it's really not much of a statement as far as, you know, why everything's happened. But basically, these are the changed dates for these shows. So if you had tickets to the following events, uh, you might want to pay attention because you're going to get new dates. The SmackDown Live event scheduled for January 21st at Canada Life Center in Winnipeg has been rescheduled to Friday, September 30th. The Super Show, which was scheduled for January 22nd at the Brant Center in Regina, has been rescheduled to Saturday, October the 1st. The Super Show, scheduled for January 23rd at the Saskatel Center in Saskatoon, has been rescheduled and will now be WWE Live on Sunday, October the 2nd. And Monday Night Raw, which was scheduled for January 24th at Rogers Palace in Edmonton, has been rescheduled to Monday, September 26th. Tickets are currently on sale through Ticketmaster, and all originally purchased tickets will be honored for the rescheduled dates. Now, as far as who gets these new events... Uh, January 21st, SmackDown will be in Nashville, Tennessee. January 22nd, Super Show will be in Corbin, Kentucky. January 23rd, Huntington, West Virginia. And January 24th, the final Raw before the Royal Rumble will be in Toledo, Ohio. Impact Wrestling this week had a very interesting merchandise sale that I have to mention. And when I say it, I'm sure some of you are going to laugh. Some of you are probably going to scratch your heads. But uh, this week on in their store, they released a two VHS set of Slammiversary 2021. No. I am not kidding. They came out, released a two-tape set of Slammiversary 2021. And this is where it gets even greater. All of them. Every single copy of that sold out. They are all gone. It was a very limited number of video cassettes, videotapes, and 
they are gone. They are sold out. Every copy. It is unbelievable. This has to be one of the most unique decisions ever to sell in the history of history. Because we are in the year, we're almost in the year 2022. We're in the, you know, we're in the day and age of Blu-rays, digital media, DVDs. And Impact decides we're going to sell this on videotape. I'm sure they have the DVD copy as well. But to do a double cassette set, a double cassette of Slammiversary, and then for it to sell out, that is absolutely amazing. See, I told you, you know, I've told people in the past, the videotape's going to make a comeback. <laughs> but that's really cool news. A big risk, and they got a big reward. Okay, now to a little bit more serious news. WWE made an announcement yesterday of a new program for collegiate ath- college athletics for people that, you know, are playing Division One, Division Two, Division Three sports. And they don't make it to the pros, but they want to try their hand at WWE. So they came out with this announcement yesterday called Next in Line. And I'm I'm going to read a little bit of it, and then eventually I will read a bit of the press release. WWE has announced the launch of a new program to create a, quote, clear pathway from college athletics to WWE. It was announced today that WWE has established an NIL program for college athletes. NIL, which is name, image, and likeness, deals allow athletes to profit off their name, image, and likeness while still in college. The first NIL deal in WWE history was announced this September with Olympic gold medalist Gable Stevenson signing with the company. The name of the program is Next in Line. I'll read a quote. Following a historic new policy by the NCAA effective July 1st, 2021, which ushered in the NIL era, allowing college athletes the ability to monetize their name, image, and likeness, WWE has constructed a comprehensive program to recruit and develop potential future superstars, WWE wrote. Dubbed Next in Line, the NIL program aims to enhance the talent development process through collaborative partnerships with college athletes from diverse athletic backgrounds. WWE's press release included a quote about the program from Triple H. It's one of the first public comments Triple H has issued since it was announced in September that he had undergone a successful procedure following a cardiac arrest, or cardiac event, pardon me. Triple H posted a tweet later that month saying that he was recovering, doing well, and was grateful for the support he had received. Triple H wrote, The WWE NIL program has the potential to be transformational to our business. By creating partnerships with elite athletes at all levels across a wide variety of college sports, we will dramatically expand our pool of talent and create a system that readies NCAA competitors for WWE once their collegiate careers come to a close. 
WWE noted that its first class of NIL partnerships will be unveiled in the coming weeks. Athletes who partner with WWE will receive access to the Performance Center along with resources in brand building, media training, communications, live event promotion, creative writing, and community relations. Select athletes may be offered a WWE contract upon completion of the program. Okay. Um, the, the name image likeness thing has become a big thing in sports this year. And obviously WWE is taking advantage of this opportunity. The thing here is there are times where you have athletes who, you know, were college that did really well in their respective sport. And then they transitioned into professional wrestling Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. I think one that you could say over the last few years that has been a recent success has been Bianca Belair, who was an All-American track and field for Tennessee, uh, came over to WWE, and now she's one of the biggest stars in the women's division on Monday Night Raw. I, I want to support this. I really do. But this is a way of saying, look, we're not taking guys and girls that have trained at actual wrestling schools that have paid their dues on the road and want to give them contracts, give them opportunities. This is basically a way, if you think about it, of WWE kind of closing the door on the independent wrestlers and wrestlers who, you know, maybe are an impact mlw aew new japan you know could go on and on and it's like yeah we don't need you guys we can create stars from you know collegiate athletics that's basically what i'm getting from this and it's kind of a 50 50 thing because the way i see it it's some will work, others will fail. It's probably going to be a lot of behind-closed-door situations where we're not going to hear the full detail of everything. But it'll be interesting to see who they get. Are they going to get football players? Are they going to get basketball players, gymnasts, you know, track and field stars? And, you know, they're not going to get big-time names, you know, for each and every one. They're just not going to do that. They're just going to end up getting these people. It's kind of like a scholarship, if you think about it, or an internship. And then if WWE thinks they're good enough, they're going to sign them to a contract. That's the best way to look at it. One more piece of news I want to talk about, and then I'm going to get into... Or actually, two things. And then I'm going to preview uh, NXT War Games. Uh, another name has been added for the Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame induction ceremony. It was announced this week that Dave Prezak will be going into the Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame, uh, which the ceremony will take place on January the 22nd. Excellent choice for the Hall of Fame there. Um, Dave Prezak has been a very influential name for independent wrestling, especially for women's wrestling. 
Um, you know, his works with it, with women's wrestling really began in IWA Mid-South, and then he transitioned into creating Shimmer Women Athletes, which is still going today, nearly 20 years later, and they've had, you know, future stars, legends come into Shimmer at some point, uh, work with Ring of Honor, you know, and he's currently working with GCW, among other promotions, Dave Prezak, when history is written about women's professional wrestling, he should have an entire chapter to himself. Should have one big chapter on what he did for women's wrestling. Because believe me when I tell you, Dave Prezak has done a hell of a lot more for women's wrestling than Stephanie McMahon ever did, ever will, or ever claim. And Dave Prezak gets a round of applause for me for this honor. He has done so much for women's wrestling in the United States. And he doesn't, I feel he does not get as much credit as he should get for what he did for women's wrestling, basically reviving it from near extinction in the early 2000s into becoming its own, you know, Shimmer being a big promotion. And then really, you know, Sarah Del Rey, Beth Phoenix, like I mentioned, uh, cheerleader Melissa, Madison Eagles, Kimberly, Mia Yim. The list just goes on and on and on. So many names. But it's cool to hear Dave Prezak getting this honor. Speaking of Hall of Fames, Mike Johnson of PW Insider wrote a terrific article today, and it is up on PWInsider.com, and it is under the elite section of PW Insider, and he talks about what happened, whatever happened to the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, the one that began in Amsterdam, New York, Schenectady, New York, and then traveled down to Wichita Falls, Texas, uh, in 2015, a very good article. If you have, if you have um, the elite uh, subscription to P or to PW Insider, I recommend reading this article. It is a wonderful article, um, and everyone should check it out. A terrific read, terrific writing by really one of the premier writers in all of professional wrestling in Mike Johnson. This Sunday night, it is NXT War Games. There are no more takeovers. It is NXT War Games. Five matches on the card, and I'm going to go through all of them, and I will make my predictions as to who will win each of the five matches. So I will start off with the NXT Tag Team Title Match, where Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner will challenge Marcel Barthel and Fabian Eichner of Imperium. I think Imperium just recently won the titles, like a month and a half ago. So, I'm going to say Imperium retains the Tag Team Titles on that one. Next match is 
Duke Hudson against Cameron Grimes in a very rare hair versus hair match. Ah, Cameron is so over. He he is just so over. He is popular. I can't see him losing this match. I'm going to say Cameron Grimes wins this match. Roderick Strong defends the Cruiserweight title against Joe Gacy. I've read some reports of there could be changes to that title, so I'm going to go with Joe Gacy winning the Cruiserweight title. And we have war games. We have two war games matches, one for the women, one for the men. Start with the women. Uh, four on four. Listen to this lineup. Raquel Gonzalez, Io Shirai, Kaylee Ray, and Cora Jade are going to face Mandy Rose, Gigi Dolan, JC Jane, and Dakota Kai. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez's team won the one woman advantage for the war games, uh, on TakeOver, or on NXT this week. Um... This is an interesting match because, you know, Mandy Rose and her group, they've kind of been on a roll as of late. And Dakota Kai brings some experience to the war games for that team. I'm, you know what? I'm I'm going to say Mandy Rose's team wins the war games on this one. Um, I Because I think if that team loses, maybe the momentum that, the group has had goes downhill. Very big possibility there. And the other War Games match, and this is the big one. This is the big one for a number of reasons. It is the new generation of NXT against, I guess you could say, the old veterans. Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne, and LA Knight will face Carmelo Hayes, Braun Breaker, Tony D'Angelo, and Grayson Waller. Uh, Team Hayes won the one-man advantage for the War Games this week on NXT. So, um, talked about it last week. Johnny Gargano did sign an extension. Uh, It ends in one week on December 10th. This could go a long way into determining or telling us if Gargano is leaving or not. But I see I see Team Hayes winning the war games. I I actually see the heels winning both of the war games. So um this one I think will be the better of the two because there's a lot of buildup and who knows this could be the last NXT match Gargano has. We really don't know, but it will be very interesting to see what will happen at NXT War Games. So that will do it for another episode, but before we go, gotta do the plugs and, you know, gotta gotta give you guys the recommendations of podcasts you should check out. Of course, if you guys have any questions or comments, send an email, wrestlingman at thatwrestlingshow.com. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at WrestlingShow11. Follow us on Instagram. Just type in 
that wrestling show and you are right there and don't forget to join our facebook group that wrestling show fan group where we talk about pro wrestling there's so much put up and check it out a wonderful group right there now the podcast you guys should check out starting with our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast with joe Marata and michael quinn this week on the show in the it worked everywhere but New York segment. I know I'm getting the name of it wrong, but it's okay. They talk about Sting. Plus, it is the final week of the Royal Rankings of the best WWF pay-per-views. And they review Countdown to the Crowning. And, again, these guys are the only podcast I do this for. If you're looking for good Patreon material... Sign up to theirs because this weekend for their their, their highest tier five dollars, their review of the 1994 King of the Ring is coming out this weekend. Yes, with Art Donovan. I wonder how many times we're gonna get to hear how much does this guy weigh on the podcast. Should be pretty fun. Speaking of pretty fun, check out Greetings from Allentown with Peter Winston. This week, he and Keithy do another GFA Live, and they go a different route this week. Instead of doing an episode of pro wrestling, they do a movie. It is 1992's My Cousin Vinny. That is this week on Greetings from Allentown. Check out Juice Pro Wrestling, where this week Mike DeSalvo is back, and they discuss his new music, plus... Beers, relocating back to the States, and so much more. That is this week on Juice Pro Wrestling. And we have a brand new podcast for everyone to check out. It is the Memphis Continental Wrestling Cast done in the UK. Join as one individual, one man, watches Memphis Wrestling. And he kind of does his own commentary. And he is right now... He just started a few weeks ago, 1981 Memphis Wrestling, and I love Memphis Wrestling. Uh, the DVDs from my spots many, many years ago. Check it out. Memf- the Memphis Continental Wrestling Cast. You really won't regret listening to that podcast. If you're looking for non-wrestling-related podcasts, check out the Best Pick Movie Pod with Tom, John, and Jess. This week, they are joined by Garrett Millerick, or Millerick as they discuss Dr. No. That is this week on the Best Pick Movie Podcast. Also, check out the Castle Vault, where this week, they discuss Spider-Man Homecoming. That is this week on the Castle Vault. Also, check out Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, where this week they go into the archives from an interview in 2011 where they interviewed longtime keyboard player Ruben Valtiera. Plus, and this is big for us Weird Al fans, it came out today, Weird Al announces a brand new tour for 2022. Dave and Ethan are going to talk about the news of Weird Al's 2022 tour. He's going to have a stop at the Kennedy Center in D.C. and in Carnegie Hall in New York City in October. So check it out, Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. 
Also, check out Escape from Vault Disney, where this week they're watching some more National Geographic content as they are watching Birth of Europe Season 1, Episode 3. Oh god, this sounds fascinating. Birth of Europe this week on Escape from Vault Disney. Check out the Three Stooges throwback with Gabe Russo, where he watches each and every Three Stooges short. This week, he watches Mutts to You. That is this week on the Three Stooges throwback. Also, check out Bill Learns Kingdom Hearts, where myself and Jim, we discuss Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. This week, we start our story with Riku. And finally, check out Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast where I watch and discuss each and every South Park episode. Just started season 14 last week. This week, I review the season 14 episode, The Tale of Scrody McBoogerballs. That is this week on Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. Alright, next week on the show, going to discuss what happened with NXT War Games and if anything big happens there. Plus, going to preview Ring of Honor's Final Battle 2021, the end of an era. Uh, Going to be a very emotional show, I think, for a lot of us who have followed Ring of Honor for a very long time. That's going to be a very emotional night on December the 11th. Plus, going to give you some wrestling news. And, you know, I talked about how the theme kind of this week was change. I will be announcing in a few weeks... Uh, some changes that are going to be made to the podcast and it's going to this is something that I've wanted to do for a long time but you guys are going to hear it in a few weeks what it is Um, nothing earth shattering let me say that it's nothing earth shattering Um, it's just something I wanted to do for a long time but you guys will hear about it in a few weeks So on that note, everybody have a good, safe weekend. Have fun doing whatever it is you do. And come back next week for another episode of That Wrestling Show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters. And as always, wrestle on.